Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. We're here coming to you live. Dory's pulling at her headphone cable. Mm-hmm. She needs a little more slack. Henry's yeah. back sitting up, everybody. For those wondering, it's 8.34 p.m. This is the fun of daylight savings. We're watching his monitor, and he adjusts the pillow, and he's down. All right. He Last time he called Matt back in, he wanted to talk about. Well, first he wanted to know what time I was going to make hot dogs tomorrow. Because <laughs> we went to the grocery store this evening, and I purchased uh, hot dogs. Yeah. And I told him I would, I would, I would make them when he wanted me to make them. And he's like, yeah, so I can eat them. So we decided upon 12, 12 in the afternoon. I mean, that seems like a reasonable time. Yeah. He told me he was going to check the clocks at school to make sure they were all on the same time. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> do, the, do his teachers know what they're in for tomorrow? He's like, so if one says 10, 15 <laughs> oh, and the no. other says 11, 15, then it's wrong, right? <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, yeah, they should probably both say 11, 15 at that point. 
so yeah, and then I had to explain daylight savings to him. I mean, for, changing the clocks for is like his Super Bowl. Really is. He <laughs> he he came he came to find me this morning, and he was like, "Mama, the clock on the microwave and the clock on the toaster." Like he told me what time they say, and they said, "But Alexa." And like something else, maybe his clock because you had changed his clock. Yeah, yeah. Say you know whatever eight fifteen, and he's like, "Do you know why?" <laughs> and I was like, "Why, Henry?" And he's like, "Because at two o'clock in the night, they the clock went to three o'clock, and that happened once a year." <laughs> And then he like ran out. And then I heard him say to Matt, Mama didn't know. <laughs> I, well, like I got him in the morning. I, I, I woke up and looked at my watch and my watch, his Apple watch said 6.54. It's like, oh my God, it's so late. That's late for me to wake up. Given, even given the daylight saving situation. So I went into his room and he's like, Dina, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, bud, it was daylight savings. So we had to change the clocks. And he stood up. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and I explained it to him. He was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, he's rolling around still because it's only, you know, 730 to him. He'll be out pretty soon. And we got up, even though we went out last night. Dory, we did it again. Wow. With thanks to two of the same people that were responsible for our previous going out. Uh, One of our previous goings out. Yes. We went, <laughs> if you remember the podcast, we only leave occasionally. <laughs> Although we left twice this week. We did leave twice this week. It was alarming. It was alarming. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have to save up for another three weeks before we can leave again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember us discussing uh, Aaron's birthday party. Uh, when was that? A month and a half ago? Something like that. Kind of a lot. It was a Saturday night. Uh, it was after the holidays, so it it had to have right. been. So Aaron, his writing partner, Gretchen, uh, they're wonderful TV people who uh, have written quite a bit of television, and uh, I'm envious of their... Seemingly never-ending career. Uh, it was now it was Gretchen's birthday, and Dory and I went out to someone's house. When was the last time that happened? You know, I was telling someone. I think they were like asking me what I was doing this weekend. And I was like, actually, I'm going to a dinner party. Whoa! And they were like, really? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even an outdoor bullshit dinner party. Like it. I haven't gone to a, a like a sit down indoor dinner party, like a real dinner party. I I, I was thinking of New York. I couldn't even. I, I place mean, it's a, been it's been it's been years. It was. It was lovely. It, it was felt, truly it like felt uh, very, old times. Felt very yeah, like old times. I felt like a grown up. Yes, yes. Um, which was a nice feeling. Oh my god. It really was like, you know, the attention to detail. I don't know if any of you out there have uh, befriended any married gay men, but 
if you do dinner party at their house a hundred thousand percent because not only is the house going to be fucking beautiful and awesome but the drinks are going to be great wow way to stereotype <laughs> i'm sorry i had to <laughs> oh my god um yeah it was great everything about it was delightful um we learned some, we learned some hot goss about the miracle mile that's all i'll say guys <laughs> Our old hood, the Miracle Mile. It's popping. It is. There is more happening in some streets over there than I think has that ever happened in that Hollywood Babylon you know, book. It's like a real Desperate Housewives situation. Truly, like the level of intrigue on that block. It was is a Desperate Housewives. I mean, that level. was even like just three houses worth of goss. I mean. But, you know, I think that's because Aaron, like my friend Grace, mm-hmm. who whose you know, son's birthday party we yes. went to today with Henry, they're very, they're like outgoing neighborhood people. I don't even know that I would categorize Aaron as an outgoing neighborhood person. But he knows everyone in the neighborhood. This is, Well, he likes a good bit of goss. <laughs> exactly. So he like makes it his business to go out and befriend people in the neighborhood. Their ears are burning right now. Grace literally knows like every single person in the neighborhood. Like there's actually a woman there who I know through like a mom Facebook group. And she was like, hey. And I was like, oh, hey. And then I was like, oh, how do you know Grace? She's like, I I actually don't. Um, What? She's like, my mom knows her. And her mom's like, hi. And then her mom's like, we met at the dog park. (laughs) So someone met at the dog park was just at their son's birthday. That is wild. <laughs> well, I mean, Gretchen's dinner was only eight people. It was exclusive. <coughs> My cough is still kind of happening. Well, it's obvious. Yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, last night you didn't cough. No, I didn't. It it really comes on like right before bed. Oh. Well, I'm surprised it didn't cough then because it was late for us. You know, I had a couple of muffled coughs. Oh. Um, Good muffling. I didn't that even I that I really made an effort to muffle. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've but, come around on dinner parties, so. So if anyone wants to invite us, please invite us. Um, Aaron and Scott, if you want to have us back, we're happy to do it. If you only, you're like, I will only go to dinner parties at Aaron's house. <laughs> 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 I've come around on dinner parties, but only at Aaron's. I mean. <laughs> look it was cozy california chic that was the home it was it was really lovely um but we 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 actually went out another time this past week we did we went to regina specter concert in in beautiful downtown los angeles dtla (laughs) yeah we were at the walt disney concert hall the acoustics were dope i love I have to say, I do really like the Walt Disney Concert Hall. It's really a, a great place to hear music. Yes, the acoustics truly are dope. I really do wonder. Yeah, I mean, they mic that up great. I mean, she was. Just, it was so. It was great. It sounded amazing. She sounded so good. It's just her and a piano. I thought we had great sight lines. Excellent sight lines. Yep. We didn't have to be behind her or. On the other, I guess being behind, like literally being on the other side of us, 
would have been fine. Because you'd be seeing the same thing because she yeah. was playing a piano to the right. But you kind of, I feel like you kind of feel like you're on display. Yeah, I guess so. You know? But then, uh, I guess when she does like the whole tap thing and then the yeah. poor little rich boy, you're not going to see it. Right. Wow. It's not ideal, I think. What'd you think of her piano playing? Great. What'd you think of the fact that she messed up twice? Endearing. <laughs> <laughs> I was fascinated by it. I've never, I've never heard her mess up. And then, like when she was trying to, when she was trying to find that chord in that yeah. song, I was like, they all sound fine to me. <laughs> right, like, well, that was the thing. Like, I would not have really known she had messed up if she hadn't stopped, yeah, um, and tried to get it back several times, yeah. and then complained about whoever wrote the song, which was her. her. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a really great show. You know, we're like I've seen her like now. We're uh, middle aged, so I like seeing her at a classical music venue. Sure, with assigned. The last time we seats. saw her was at the at the Dolby. The, the Dolby, I know, which was also acoustically yes. wonderful. Yes, I feel like she deliberately only plays now at like acoustically great places. Like she's not gonna, she's just not gonna play, and she's not gonna play like the Wiltern. I don't know. That's where I first saw her. But like, yes, you first saw her there like fifteen years ago. I think if you're going there, if she's if if and no no shade to the Wiltern, by the way. If she's full banding it, I think she would probably. Yeah, but does she full band it anymore? Yeah, ever? she does. Yeah, oh. I, I assume I've seen her mm. with a full band a number of times. Hmm. All right. Anyway, that's her Regina Spector review. <laughs> if you if you have if you get a chance to see her, I would I would highly recommend it. I would a hundred percent also recommend it. She's really just like a delightful human and a wonderful performer. We, I saw her at Sony once. We made eye contact and smiled at each other, and then I could not say a word for <laughs> ten minutes. Um. Yeah. Well, listen. That's what we did. That's what we did. Today we did also T-ball. Henry started some new T-ball action. Well, there's been a lot going on, actually. It has been a hot to trot week. <laughs> and we were only 10 minutes late for T-ball, which was incredible because we left it. We left late. 38. Yeah, we left. I think we left at like 945. No, we left at 938. Oh, Okay. We got there at nine forty-seven. No, Isn't that bad. No, nine forty-seven. We got there at nine fifty-seven. Oh, whatever. Point is, it, but it was it was quick. We hauled ass and had to get around the Oscars because they block off streets and you know it's just not it's just not going to work for us. Um, and Henry was having fun at T-ball until he was like, "I'm done." Yeah, he sort of was like, <laughs> "I need snack," and I'm done. And we're done. <laughs> he didn't want to do any fielding drills, really. No. He didn't. He just. He didn't love throwing, but he did love hitting, and he cranked it over some dads. Yeah, and he looked really cute in his little hat and his. Oh my god! Well, also like he did like fielding. Wait, I thought you just said he didn't like. He fielding. did like. He didn't like the fielding drills. Oh, but yes, he liked. Fielding but he liked the balls. running in. You know, yes. running to get the balls away yes, from people. Yes, and yes, yes. Sort of smothering the ball. Right. Thinking somehow that would be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> he got dirty and he loved it. Yeah. He did wear his hat the whole time too. I was I know, I, I was, was shocked by I that. I was shocked as well. But I think when he saw the other kids wearing the hats, he was like, Okay. 
Yeah. And he like he had it like crooked at a jaunty angle. It was like very cute. Like a like a <laughs> like a little ragamuffin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> we'll see what happens next week when he doesn't go because we'll be glamping. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no dingers for him. Oh my god, we're gonna have another thing to talk about next week. Yeah, we're Guys, going. Guys, we're, we're going, really out there in the world now. We're going glamping with preschool. Can't wait till. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say till we somehow all wind up not going out ever again. But hey, maybe we're over it. Maybe it's maybe we did it. No, I don't think I don't think it's gone. It's not gone. But we did it, everyone. Uh, you know, I think. I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but we have been going out into the world more, which I, which I have enjoyed, and yep. I'm and I'm glad that Matt is getting out into the world a little bit more. You Babe. went out, you went out to dinner with friends. When did I do that? Oh yeah, when like my dad was here Friday. Yeah, like wow, that was big. That was wild. Also, yeah. What am I doing? Why am I going out so much? <laughs> you're you're getting back out into the world. My goodness. Maybe you're emerging from your two-year depression. Well, I'll be emerging on the golf course if anyone needs me. Okay. All right. We'll All right. be right back. BRB. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a... Just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. Hello. We went out again while that commercial break <laughs> happened. Um, all right. I'm going to find your email. There it is. Great. Okay. Uh, last week we heard from an anonymous listener who was not able to get pregnant. Matt suggested that something might be up with her husband's sperm. Right. And then we were like, maybe that's already been checked. And she was like, Dory's like, Matt, they probably checked it. They're not idiots. I was kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but that listener has responded. Okay. I don't deem it too long. Dory, she looks forward to you reading it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, the listener wrote, Matt will deem this email too long, so I look forward to Dory reading it. Um, to follow up so, to some questions and further points to my email of last week. Number one, my current clinic does think my husband's sperm is, quote, dope as fuck. That's the rating I gave sperm, yep. Here's why I don't like this, other than the part where I obviously do like this. Sure. Our initial clinic's testing showed a high count, but low motility. 36% versus looking for at least 39%. Low, rapid, and linear. 5% versus looking for 14% or greater. And low morphology, 3% and looking for 3% or greater. So like on the cusp. On the cusp. At the time, they said they weren't so worried about the low scores given the actual count. Our current clinic never shared the results when he was retested, but has twice mentioned how amazing they are. Oh, Okay. No explanation for how this may or would have changed. Honestly, it changes for a variety of dumb reasons. Whereas I years ago changed how I eat, consume coffee and alcohol and exercise. My husband has changed nothing. He won't take vitamins, barely eats vegetables, drinks two to eight drinks per week, three to five cups of coffee per day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I made him call his second doctor to ask whether his nicotine pouches, mm -hmm. patches, pouches? Uh, either he used to chew and he's kicking it by... Using nicotine pouches. Or it's a typo. Yeah, but I think it's pouches. Okay. Uh, might be having a bad impact. The doctor just said, your sperm is among the best I've ever seen. This oh, my God. Congratulations. This is a very sore subject in our marriage, and I was sort of hoping someone would at least encourage him to adopt some healthier habits. Uh, habits. So that wasn't just me nagging at him. I know my husband really cares about having kids, but I find this immensely frustrating. I know y'all have gone through some of the same challenges with Matt's smoking. Yet another reason why I find you so relatable. Thank you. We are all imperfect humans and imperfect couples trying to make our way through this really shitty thing together. And I struggle with trying to be on the same team as someone who some days feels like he won't get on my team. Mm. And yes, I'm assuming my team is the best team in this situation. 
Understood. This is relatable. I mean, except for like any doctor ever telling me my sperm was great. True. Everything else I relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Of our seven tested embryos with results and the trisomy pregnancy, so eight tested things in total, half half have issues from monosomies. Um, All right. Within... These seven blastocysts, four had monosomy 15. They're live births with partial deletions on chromosome 15, with set, which in 70% of cases is attributed to the father. We have a whole missing chromosome, not a partial deletion, but it does not seem that far-fetched to me that not all of this is coming from me. Right. When I've asked my current doctor, the response has been, we have no idea and you can do karyotyping, but it won't change the outcome. Mm. And while I can acknowledge the second part is true, I think it could at least give some closure slash context and plan to pursue it. My doctor couldn't answer the question of whether the mother can cause monosomies, but I have an appointment with a genetic counselor next week. Also, how can I be the first person to ask this? Uh, your genetic counselor should have many more answers. Yes. I don't mean like Although I have all the answers, I, but I mean like regarding. I have found that they too do not love to be like pinned down on causes of right things. but they can always tell you if it's possible that something yes. is causing it um <clears throat> two what about our frozen eggs great question here are my thoughts in a perfect world we would have two kids mm-hmm. so i've been trying to fill up a bank account with a zero balance gotcha my current doctor has told me that after the third failed cycle again unclear outcome from cycle number two that she would be surprised if we didn't get a normal embryo given that we consistently make blastocysts and it was a numbers game that would depend on how much we could take mentally, physically, and financially. We have two inconclusive embryos frozen and I will probably try those first. I was afraid of them for a while after that miscarriage that ate seven months of my life, but I think I'm less scared and maybe more desperate now. I've heard mixed advice on transporting frozen eggs. One doctor said you shouldn't because they're more fragile than embryos. Another doctor said you should because it's the same. Egg signal. Has anyone done this and had success or should I fly cross country and take care of it there? What? Um, No. I was told there was less than a 10% chance they would result in a live birth given that there are only five. I sort of think egg freezing is a scam, but maybe one of those eggs will turn into my kids someday and I will change my tune. For more info on what spurred my questions regarding mini IVF, I read Elizabeth Katkin's book, Conceivability. She struggled with multiple issues, which one of which was low egg Mm. quality. She points to various standard protocols outside of the U.S. and U.K., which favor much less aggressive stimulation, as well as multiple studies that suggest that high levels of IVF drugs have a negative impact on egg quality, Mm. particularly in older women. It's an interesting read, well cited, though I've not read the research cited, and further reinforces my perception that IVF is art and science. And for every study that says one thing, you'll find something that contradicts it. I'm planning to reach out to New Hope Fertility, which specializes in mini IVF. Curious if, any, curious if any other listeners have tried this approach or that clinic. <coughs> Thanks, Anonymous. I forgot all my stats last time. Zero hot dogs, 3,500 square feet for two adults. Three TVs, 75 Wait, inches. you in the, skipped. I'm sorry. The were, blue. I thought, I thought you were going to cough, and I was trying to cover for you. Oh. I was letting you go. Stop. Stop. Well, I was just saying you skipped the blue healer. Congratulations on having a blue healer. Which feels like the most important aspect Unlike of these Unlike you, stats. Dory Shafir, I am not heavily invested in the Bluey subreddit. Wow. That is rude. Listen. I prefer a red healer anyway. Blue, bluey adults are weird. Very intense. Okay, keep reading this if you want. Are you going to cough? No. 
Okay. Three TV, 75 inch in the man cave, 65 in the family room, 40 inch in the bedroom, sore subject, and only gets used when someone is sick or I am traveling. <laughs> uh, ours, ours, exactly. Ours only gets used, used then as mm-hmm. well. If you're out of town, I have used it when you're out of town. Uh, you caught me watching TV in there a few days ago. Yeah, but you were sick. So I was? I don't think I was sick. Was I sick? Honey, you've been fighting black lung for fucking two weeks. It's mm, true. Okay. <laughs> Finally, she's the sick one. Let's all remember this day. <laughs> and last week and this week. Okay. Um, Anonymous, thank you for all of these updates, the information. We have a few, a couple more egg signals that have gone out. There's a lot here. I hope some listeners can help you out. We actually did get this next email that was um, related to your um, initial email. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to condense a bit here. Um, And they do say, if you read in the show, feel free to edit. Carte blanche. Go for it. Thank you. Um, Okay, so this listener wrote in and said, my wife and I have been trying for six plus years, six failed transfers, multiple different surrogates. They're now currently 21 weeks pregnant on their seventh transfer. Whoa. Before starting, we did all the tests on me, decided to use an egg donor due to my wife's age, 44 or 45 at the time. All three transfers with her carrying failed at less than six and a half weeks, so we decided to use a surrogate. Um, they, multiple surrogates, chemical pregnancies, miscarriages. And then the doctor recommended a sperm DNA fragmentation test, which, which which surprised me since I thought we'd already done all the tests. Apparently all doesn't mean all. You should do that test with the previous listener's husband. The urologist ran the test. It came back as 20% fragmented, which is very high. The semen analysis, which is a different test from DNA fragmentation, showed normal or borderline normal both then and initially. Yeah. She, re- she recommended I stop all supplements and vitamins and most medications. In particular, I've been taking finasteride for hair loss for the past 15 years, and that can lead to apoptosis, programmed cell death, and infertility. I listed finasteride among my medications with the original fertility doctor and mentioned to multiple primary doctors over the years that we were trying to get pregnant None made any connection between the finasteride and infertility. According, Don't, isn't like, aren't we aware that? I thought we were aware that like Rogaine. Hair, well, it's minoxidil. Oh, that is the active. Ing- I see. Thing that is no good there, but I find generally hair loss drugs are no bueno for fertility. Well, slash trying to get pregnant. Yeah, I mean, when you're watching a medication. Uh, commercial, and they're like, "Don't touch it if you're pregnant." <laughs> That's like, what are we putting in our bodies here? Um. Okay, according to my urologist, various antidepressants, including SSRIs, can also cause infertility. Though I've never been on any, as can some blood pressure medication. Though so can having high blood pressure. It takes three months for a full sperm regeneration cycle. And after stopping finasteride and retesting, my DNA fragmentation had dropped from 20% to 10%, which is the high end of normal. Nice. New egg donor, new embryos. Never been over there. New surrogate. 
actually due to the surrogacy agency not being responsive to us, we went to a second agency that ended up with two surrogates at the same time. Hello. One from each agency. Now that is a sitcom. Yes, they knew about each other. A little daunting, but we had been planning for two kids. We did two transfers to the two surrogates one week apart. Transfer six looked great at the six and a half week ultrasound, but was showing no cardiac activity at the eight and a half week ultrasound. We can't help but wonder if the surrogate catching both the flu and RSV, but not COVID, had any impact. Mm. Transfer number seven, however, is still going strong. The 20-week anatomical ultrasound was an amazing experience, which we were able to attend. And now at 21 and a half weeks, the baby's still active and kicking. Somewhere in there, we also had a potential surrogate with whom we matched, but dropped out during the contract negotiation. Rather than making a counterproposal to a requested contract change, she just said no and dropped out. So... Wild. To the listener, listen, to the original listener who wrote in, and to all those using their sperm to try to conceive, I recommend doing the sperm DNA fragmentation test and doing specific research about each and every medication you're taking. Even just Googling finasteride infertility turns up results that no doctor prior to the urologist mentioned. We are currently planning a second transfer with the most recent failed surrogate in late March. She'd been a surrogate once prior to working with us, and it has been great to work with. Mm. Succeed or fail, I think that will be our last transfer. I've been listening to the show since the beginning and found it from Nerdist. I also listened to James Bonding. Well, I appreciate you listening to both of those things. My wife and I started trying to conceive around the same time as you, Matt and Dory. Mm. Oh, that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You've been, this has been a while for you guys. Over the years, I've had multiple jobs with different insurances. When I started, there was no infertility coverage. A later policy offered $15,000 per child, but the real kicker was that since we were unsuccessful, we had zero children and thus zero covered. What? Oh, God. My current employer offers progeny for fertility insurance coverage. They offer three smart cycles, embryo creation with a frozen egg donor used a half cycle and reduced the cost from over $20,000 to just nice. under $5,000. I highly recommend them. As for my stats, I listened to the podcast at 1.9x speed. Christmas. I default most to 2.3x speed, but Dory speaks fast enough that I need to slow this one down a nice. little. Thanks to Matt for recommending Pocket Cast many years ago. Yeah. Does a great job of letting me manage my play cue, including, I thought I recommended Pocket Cast. I thought you were always a downcast guy. The point is, we're all here to be. <laughs> it does a great job of letting me manage my play queue, including prioritizing certain feeds, and I can customize various settings like Anything's playback speed better than Apple's podcast on app. a per-podcast basis. I mostly listen while driving or working in the garage, etc., which makes pausing the pod to reply difficult as I'm away from a keyboard. No hot dogs yet in 2023. I typically eat one to two each at any summer barbecue, so typically four to mm -hmm. six in a year. Mm -hmm. I agree that if they're not pork slash mystery meat, they shouldn't count. Yeah. So while I know that they are probably all beef, since I don't buy them, I count them as mystery meat. Well, we they're have, mystery to you. We have three TVs, one 65-inch in the living room, which we use daily, one 55-inch in my office, which I use occasionally, one 50-inch, I think, in the guest room, which I don't think has been used since we got it shortly pre-pandemic, other than to verify it works. Nearly 3,000 square feet in the Pacific Northwest, five here's bedrooms. A, here's a real question. Two uses offices, two stories with two adults, two small dogs, but with the intent of raising two kids and not moving. Do you think that because we were reading their email, they listened at 1.0 speed? No, absolutely not. No, still, <laughs> still flying through it? Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, I definitely think so. We're pretty, we're pretty great, though. So I think you need to like, some of my comedic timing is really about the pause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Uh, let's take another break. Okay, let's do that. We'll be right back. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're back. Matt. Yes, if anyone out there is a James Bonding fan, you're right, Dory. They should refresh their feed because... Indiana Jonesing episode one is available. <gasps> wow. And Thank it's in you. the James Bonding feed. Yeah. Wow. Because it is. <laughs> That's exciting. I mean, you know, these things happen. Sometimes we set up jokes in 2017 while recording podcasts with guests. And then in 2023, we decide to finally do the thing you know, we were discussing. You love a callback. I do love a callback. <laughs> I actually was very good at them on Goldberg's. If we ever needed a scene button that was kind of a callback, it was me that did it. I remember you being good at a callback on At Midnight, actually. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was big on that, too. Mm -hmm. I think callbacks are funny because it's a shared experience. Comedy is about shared experience, everybody. What is the the oldest callback you've ever called back? Well, it can't, like, you can't, like... Like, I can't, like, start mentioning how, uh, you know, women's uterus and vagina should be called the strike zone. Like, I can't then say that's a callback. Because it's not really a callback to anything. It is just a reference to a previous thing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Like, if I were to say, let's see here. I don't have any for right now. But, you know, callbacks need, you need to, they need to be fresh. Okay. Fresh-ish. Okay. All right. Certainly within the same piece of media. Right. Now that we're out of that, it's time for more emails. Um, do you remember Phoebe? Uh, She's called in before. Yeah, 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 yeah. She called in while she was still pregnant, I believe. Yeah. And then I think she wrote in... Well, I see here. Or she called about postpartum anxiety. Phoebe in Boston. Yes. And she says, well, Revere. Pause for Matt <laughs> to say Revere in a Boston accent. Matt, I think you should read this. Revere. First of all, I wanted to thank you for the advice. When I called a few weeks back about my postpartum anxiety, <laughs> I've been on Lexapro for eight weeks and started therapy with someone specializing in PPA, PPD, and... Or our three-and-a-half-month-old science baby has started sleeping in a lot more at night. <laughs> so I'm starting. I can't even. Can I maintain it? So I'm. Oh, I, can't, I can't get it back. So I'm, so I'm starting to feel a little more human again. Thank God for meds. <laughs> but I'm facing a situation I'd love your advice on. For the last six years, I have worked for a tech company with amazing fertility benefits. This is not meant to to make light of Phoebe's email. No, it's to make light of my uh, the accent from my our home. Yes, and since you said Revia, and every employee gets three full IVF cycles covered at basically ninety <laughs> percent. Wow. 
me being a planner who <laughs> <laughs> always wanted to be a mom i froze eggs in december of 2018 when i was 34 uh, when I was a 34-year-old single lady living in NYC with no prospects, I ended up with eight mature eggs, and they're in a deep freeze in Minnesota. Much cheaper than storing them in New York City. Fuck the Yankees. Then in 2020, I was 36. I'd moved to Boston and uh, had gotten engaged, and I just had a feeling that we should cover our bases in case we had any issues conceiving, especially since it was basically paid for. So, my then fiance and I did a retrieval and fertilization, and resulting in one PGS-tested embryo. We got married in 2021 after a year of trying. And all the tests, we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. We implanted, <laughs> <laughs> we implanted the pre-made embryo in March of 2022, and it stuck. We had a science baby this past <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> when she was six weeks old, <laughs> I found out I'm being <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this in this accent. I found out I'm being laid off from my tech job. <laughs> Not laughing at this situation, <laughs> just the accent. They technically can't lay me off while I'm on maternity leave, but it will go into effect when I get back in late May, so I will be terminated as an employee, losing access to my fertility benefits at the end of July. Now, here's the issue. We definitely want a second child. I'll be 39 in June, and my AMH is still good. My mom had me at 41 without IVF, and I heard about lots of couples who get pregnant with this second without IVF. But I have no idea if that'll be us. And I definitely... You have to say idea. I have no idea. No, <laughs> if that's not it. No, you gotta just... You, it's the H. You gotta throw an H on the end of every A. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Mm. I have no idea if that'll be us. And I definitely don't want to start trying for another baby for at least a year. <laughs> but I have these 1.5 basically paid for IVF cycles that will disappear in July. What would you do? Do another egg retrieval and fertilization, then, and just put those on ice in case we need them for number two. We could likely put the procedure off until June, but I'd still be only be seven months postpartum, and I'm breastfeeding, and I, can I even take fertility meds if I am? Uh, or do we leave my body alone, just take those eight frozen eggs from Minnesota, and fertilize only those? I can't do a Minnesota eggs. <laughs> Hope we get an embryo or two. Now, I took one good embryo for this baby, so I doubt we'd have the same luck twice. Or do we do nothing? And if we need to do IVF or an IUI number two, we just pay for ourselves when the time comes. Please tell me what to do. Thanks, Phoebe. Wow. P.S. I recently finished. Thanks for waiting. <laughs> See the attached pick. Great work, Dory. I really enjoyed it since I'm catching up on the OG episodes of the pod. I got a sneak peek into what's coming in episodes 100 to 350. <laughs> Excited to keep finishing and listening to the back catalog. Thank you, Phoebe. You're welcome. <laughs> um, she wants to know what to do, and we're going to tell her what to do. This is a good question. Okay. So you're going to be... 
I would do the retrieval because they're paid for. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can take fertility meds if you're breastfeeding, though. I would talk to your doctor's office and see if yeah. they can charge you for the full round. Oh, that's interesting. Right now. And be like, listen, here's what's happening with my insurance. Yeah. They probably can't. I know, but I'd ask. It's worth an ask. Worth the ask. Anything's worth trying once. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would uh, try to... I would try to do a round since it's paid for. Get that round in. Um, prior to your July... And then, and then I would, in order of preference, I would do the eight frozen eggs, and then I, and then yeah, and then pay for it yourself if you have to. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like you can go down to Star Market and get more IVF, you know, or Market Basket. Oh, forget it. <laughs> you want more for your dollar? You charge that tech company. <laughs> Um, they get, they're letting you go. Fuck them. Use their insurance. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious to hear what what others think about this. Um, Phoebe, thanks for writing in. Thanks, Phoebe. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is from anonymous. After no luck from our first egg retrieval, we were very lucky to get three PGS-tested embryos for our second. We transferred two over the last five years. We are lucky to have two beautiful daughters. We've been delaying the third transfer. We originally planned on doing it after our second daughter turned one back in June 2021, but it just didn't feel right. Obviously, things have been a little more stressful in the world, and the adjustment from one to two kids hasn't been easy. But now our goals will be three and five this summer and we're feeling like we need to make the decision. Both of us have been in the camp of it's only one more and we were lucky to get three. So why not give all three a shot? But if we were doing it naturally, then we wouldn't necessarily be trying for a third. I've been coming around to the idea of possibly three kids, but lately what's been getting to me is the risk of pregnancy. It really isn't something I thought about with the first two. I think we were just so focused on having a kid and then having a sibling that it never crossed my mind. But now I have two, but now with two amazing daughters who need me, I don't know why, but my anxiety has been raging with thoughts of something happening to me. And I'm suddenly hyper aware of various risks. I'm 36 years old. So I know I'm technically geriatric in terms of pregnancy, but I also know women have had babies much older. I don't know what I'm asking. I guess I'm just scared and struggling with this decision. I'm scared of the regret of not using it and destroying this embryo. I'm scared of the sadness I will feel if it doesn't work. I'm scared of the anxiety I will feel if it does. I'm sorry. It's not really a question or a signal to send out. I just needed to say it, and I know this is the group to do it with. Thank you for this podcast. It had helped through our entire IVF experience. I'm so thankful you kept it going. Thanks for writing in. Uh, let's see. It's interesting because you're laying out many angles of not feeling great about it. Mm-hmm. She's how old again? She's 36. I would uh, wait. Mm. Wait. Yeah. You're not ready now. Yeah. Then don't worry about it. Yep. You're saying you're going to be scared of the regret of not using it and destroying the embryo? That's not... You shouldn't be thinking about that yet. Mm. There's still time. 
Okay. Good advice. Good advice. I mean, think about it. In five years, or you're 41, it's still very viable for you to have a very successful pregnancy. So, yep. You got you got plenty of time. Stop driving yourself cuckoo, or as Dory would say, that her mother would say, "Don't borrow trouble." No, that was my agent. Who that said her that. agent would say, "Don't borrow trouble." That's right. <laughs> um. Does uh, your mother have a similar saying? A phraseology? Um, I feel like she did. She loves a she loves like a an idiom. Is there some like Jewish saying? Mm. Is there something with an eye? An eye for an eye? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's technically it. That's a, that's that's. That's in the Torah, right? That's in, that's the, in the Bible, yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out which. I was like, the Old Testament or the New Testament? I think it's old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Cain and Abel. Okay, sure. Um, this, this person wrote in and signed it in Decision 2023. So that is what I will refer to them as. Okay. Um, okay. My husband and I have decided to go ahead with IVF after discovering my PCOS diagnosis, which has left us dealing with infertility for nearly three years now. We have an opportunity to join a study with our IVF clinic. Basically, we would be put in one of two groups. Group one would have PGTA testing and group two would not have it. We would not know which group we would be in. The incentive is you would not be charged for the PGTA testing, although we'd have no way of knowing if we had the testing or not. I feel like we should avoid this uncertainty and just pay to have the PGTA testing done. My husband is very anxious about crunching numbers and figuring out what makes the most sense financially. The whole process is way more money than we've ever spent on anything. I'm not even sure what the PGTA testing costs, so we don't have all the info yet. Mm. I'm 35 and my husband is 36 with, quote, fine sperm, as the doctor said. The only benefit I can think of for doing the study would be feeling like I'm in, I'm in small some small part helping to move the IVF science forward for other families out there in the future, but I don't want to put myself through transfer after transfer of embryos that were never going to work. I guess the hypothesis is that at a young enough age, PGTA testing might result in writing off embryos that might have actually resulted in healthy birth. The doctor said that this is not something he would do with a person over 37. I would love another opinion on this. We have to make a decision prior to starting treatment, and I don't really know many other people who have gone through the IVF process. Mm. My aunt and uncle did, but that was about 20 years ago. Hmm. Um, I'm, 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 you're mulling this over. I'm just like looking at it. Uh, do it. Do, do the study. Yeah. Do the study. Like, what's the point of not doing the study? I know you're saying, you're saying you should avoid the uncertainty mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. pay to have it done. But mm-hmm. Let's, it's your husband. If your husband's crunching numbers, this is something you could potentially save on. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if, you know, you're not in the, if you're in the control group, then you didn't waste any money. You just wasted a little time. Mm. I know people say time is money and that it's eye for an eye 
you stop bar in trouble. <laughs> but ironically, I feel like you're borrowing anxiety about things you don't need to borrow anxiety about. Mm. Just do it. That's what I would say. Honestly, I'd be like, just go for it. Yeah. Because if you're in the control group, nothing's different. That's true. So, but if you do it and it's free testing, great job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. High fives all around, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I did it. Decision made, 2023. <laughs> uh, okay. <coughs> Stop coughing. This You're is, on a podcast. I know. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm kidding. You can cough. This is from Michelle. Hi, Shafriras. I know when you're coming, I know you're, when you're coming to terms with having a boy, you mentioned that there is a real need to raise good men who don't grow into toxic men, but instead fight against the patriarchy. Those were not your words, but the general vibe I recall from what you said. I hear you mention little instances of this playing out in how you raise Henry, like telling him it's okay to be sad when he cries. I would love to hear more about the ways you bring this intentionality into raising Henry and other things you do with him or say to him to build the type of man he will become. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, you know, it's it's actually easier than you'd think, really. I mean, like, you know, he wants to pick something out and it's pink. and I, I, I don't care. I never say a word about it because... Yeah. That's what he likes right now. Enjoy. So he He's, has pink rain boots and sleeps under a pink blanket. Yeah. Because he likes the color pink. Who cares? Um, he takes dance. He's the only boy in his dance class. He is the only boy in his dance class, which I think is adorable. Um, and he loves dance class. He does. Does he do a great job dancing? No. But he does his best. <laughs> I don't know that any of them do a good job dancing. I feel like some of those girls are like uh, a little more coordinated than Henry. I, I've. I've gone to those classes. I just see the videos that we get from the nanny. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say just like we we kind of just encourage his interests and encourage him to like have playdates with girls and not even be friends with girls. We're just we're just like encourage him to plays with people yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it really doesn't well i mean it kind of does i think part of i think it is important to be somewhat intentional about it but i think like getting him comfortable with expressing his emotions is also something that's important um and you know he's he's three so yeah he'll be four but like uh you know if no one's no one no, no one here will ever tell him not to cry yeah we will acknowledge his feelings discuss why he's having those feelings you know if we want to try to make him feel a little bit better we'll talk to him about it but we're not gonna ever stop him from crying yeah um, unless he's being a real girl about it am I right <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think these things will probably become clearer as he gets older, like th- in terms of like things that we'll have to sort of consciously counter. But for now, I think- I worry about him like as the boys get older that he's around. Mm-hmm. Like, 
whenever around other dads of kids this age, mm-hmm. sometimes I see like oh, toxic gonna, masculinity. You're going to turn this kid into a douchebag. Oh just, yeah, you you're, see, you're it. just fucking this kid up. <laughs> yeah, constantly. Yeah, you know, I see a lot. I see there's a lot of dad encouragement of like the kid doing something that they don't want to do because they're scared. And oh, the, totally. And the dad being like, come on, you know, like, oh, I hate that. And like that kind of stuff. It's like, there's it's stuff like that, that like, I'm so grateful. Matt does like, Matt doesn't even have to try not to do that because he doesn't, he just doesn't have those instincts. No, I don't. Cause it's like, you know, my dad, never was like that either really like if i didn't want to do something i wouldn't do it yeah uh like if i didn't like roller i mean but then again i was like i was a wild child i loved roller coasters from a very early age uh but i'm being i'm trying to think of examples but i can't but also, like with Henry too, I like I tried three times to get him to do the drill with the glove. Yeah, and then I was like, at some point, I was like, okay, yeah, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, right? And I brought him over to the wherever the hitting station. Yeah. Um, and like even the coach was like, you know, saying, "You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hit and carry. You get like to some other kid, not Henry. I was like, dude, they're fucking." They're three, They're three and, and a half and four years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> they, they take things very seriously there in a way that's pretty wild. That I'm kind of like, huh. I'm like, just, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Henry fits into that. Yeah. If he fits into that groove, great. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. Yeah. I'm totally. Like, whatever. I don't need to get into a fist fight with Freddie Freeman. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is a good question for us to just sort of like check in with ourselves on. So thank you for asking. Thanks it. for having us check ourselves before we wrecked ourselves. Um, okay, we in the last couple of minutes, I do just want to mention we heard from a lot of people about our coffee situation because we I talked about how our Keurig had broken. Oh, it was the end of the Keurig. Yeah, we just decided to not keep destroying the environment. What's up? Um. I mean, we did, like, <laughs> we got one voicemail that I was just like, okay. Was it just, like, like angry about Keurig? Yes. It was like, I cannot believe that you, of all people, would use a Keurig. In fairness to the person who called and said that, it doesn't really vibe with Dory. It's, and then, but it is a me thing. And, it, then, it was a me thing. and then, to top that off, they were disgusted that I would allow Keurig coffee to sit in my Ember mug for 90 minutes. They're basically like, that is vile. Well, I mean, it is to people, I guess, who, you know what? That's also bullshit. That's the, that's, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, you know. Well, here's the thing. Like, I've plugged in a $20,000 guitar into a $400 amp. And had a great time. It doesn't matter. Here's the other thing. In terms of the like, you know, drinking coffee that's been like sitting warmed for 90 minutes. Like, 
with a regular coffee maker that has like a warming plate, yeah. people are going back to that. Like it's the same right. thing. Yeah. Anyway, point is. Yeah, but it's it, but as far as everyone I've ever read any coffee review or whatever, Keurig's like dirt water. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't like really care. <laughs> like it was. Honestly, it was a conv- it, w- it truly was a convenience thing. Where it's like, a minutes, it's a minutes saved situation. It was like curing. I get up, I stumble into the kitchen. Henry is screaming for me. I just turn on the curry. I put the, press a button, and I have coffee. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Now that we're sort of like out of the woods a little bit, we have and the curry broke. We did purchase an it's, actual it's coffee. It's gone maker. now, everyone. It is gone. R.I.P. the Keurig. We bought a Mocha Master. Yeah. Which should satisfy made. should satisfy all of the coffee snobs who listen to this hey, podcast. Hey, you coffee snobs. <laughs> we also have a new grinder so that, you know, we're not drinking old ground beans. Ugh. <laughs> I got news for you, though. We have, uh, we got a pound of Stumptown. A pound of what's the other one? Uh, I forget the name of it. I got it at at a at like a like know, an intelligentsia esque place. Yeah, at Cyclass. Yes, but what was it? it? I'm trying to. Was remember. it Cyclass roasted? No, it. Um, hold on. It is. Oh, I think it is Cyclass. Yes, yeah. it is Cyclass roasted. It was called Blue Boon. Okay, so we had that. We got the stub town, and then I also, while I was out, bought a new grinder. And a pound of Dunkin' Donuts coffee that's already ground. I've been sitting on a Target shelf for God knows how long. And I got to tell you, the Dunkin', the Dunkies, I like the Dunkies the most. I don't. I, it, but it, look, I'll drink anything. But that's fine. Um, all right. So all you coffee snobs, <laughs> we go into the metal carafe. <laughs> Okay, eight cups at a time, two tablespoons per cup. You're welcome. It makes a great cup. Makes a fine cup. Anyway. But it is a, uh, what I like about it, what I like the most about it is the simplicity of its construction. Yes. I like, and that the copper tubing that warms the water does so evenly efficiently and quickly Mm. you're welcome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so back off (laughs) look out ember mug you're getting some stump town whatever um all right i can't believe that's so funny but by the way person who called in does i know it doesn't vibe with her she's very conscientious about like a lot of different things but this coffee for some reason she's like fuck it not anymore not anymore all right everybody and now we take our grind our, our coffee grounds and the filter and put it in the little food thing yeah that then goes into the green bin yep you're welcome everyone all right everybody <clears throat> for more coffee thoughts support us on patreon at patreon.com slash excellent adventure very grateful to everyone's support. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. There's a huge back catalog. Thank you to the following supporters. 
We're not going to read the rest. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks, supporters. Jesus. No, seriously. Thank you. Uh, Ann Kay and a lot of anonymous (laughs) folks. April Holwerda. Ashley. Ashley Sicily. Look, if you want to keep coughing, I'll happily read. No, no. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Becca Foster. Brittany Nelson. Bruno Macias. Caroline Crampton. Carolyn N. Carrie Muller. Chinami Worth. Corinne Morgan. Cynthia Meisner. Diana. Diana Robinson. Dona Gomez. Dr. Beverly Crusher. Edwina Goodingham. Elena Palling. Ellen. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Frederick Roy, hear me out. Evil Pulaski as the author of All Picard's Pain. It was her, Jean-Luc. It was always her. Thank you, Frederick. <laughs> Freya. Greta Truitt. Haley Tryon. Uh, Heather Hanley. Hendrick. Jackie G. Jennifer Sika. And Jennifer Steele, thank you all very much for listening. That's it for the show. We'll see you next week.